are two friends going through big changes in our lives, just like so many other people that we know. No matter how happy we are, life is always throwing us a curveball. And we have found that having a friend to talk it through and discover new tools with has been key to figuring out who we are now as we evolve through these life transitions. So join us as we grow and learn and nourish our souls together. together. Hello, Jill. Hello, good morning, Soul Sister Malin. Good morning. I saw you check your watch. <laughs> I did. <laughs> so we have done a little putting away our before, so we invite you to do the same. We'll, we may talk a little bit later about some of the things that we did. Yeah, the different ways that you can put away yes, your befores. Yes. So I did a little something. Jill did a little something. So it was perfect. So today, uh, why don't you just take a moment to just be in your space, feel your butt in the seat, or feet hitting the pavement if you're out exercising. Take some breaths and come into this present moment with us. And welcome. Welcome. <laughs> Welcome, friends. It's good to see you, Melinda. I haven't seen you in a week. I know. Melinda got out of town and Mm -hmm. had a little uh, renewal time. Yes. So hearing you talk about sort of like take a little breath, you know something that I've been doing a lot recently is some varied breathing exercises. Mm -hmm. And have you ever done the bellows breathing? No, not the bellows. I stick to shapes typically. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> oh, well, you might appreciate that. Can okay. we do a little like fun breathing sure. exercise? Sure. We could we could do it with Melinda and I are sitting down, but we could do this sitting down. You, you can do it sitting or standing. Okay. But this might be a fun I would be interested to like when we listen back to the podcast or talking with our soul nourishing collective friends to see how people felt before and after this exercise. Awesome. So, uh, you bring your arms up to your sides. Okay, and you're going to do a reach up. So your arms are kind of like goalposts, but the elbows are lower. So like your hands are just a little bit above your shoulders, but they're out to the sides. Mm -hmm. Okay, and then you're going to reach both of your arms up like you're reaching up on a ladder. Mm -hmm. um, And just this is the movement of the arms up and down just in this plane. Keep it in a flat plane. And then you're going to inhale and exhale. Okay. And as you go up, inhale, exhale, you come down. Hopefully this won't blow out our microphones <laughs> if we do this. Maybe Melinda and I will look to the right or left, but um, you're just going to do this 15 times. Uh, let's raise the energy with our breath. So I'm going to look okay. a little bit to the side just so the microphone doesn't. Okay. And now my question though is like, how long do you breathe in? Do you know? I, let me show you. Okay. okay? It's just going to be like a one count. It's not okay. a four count in or okay. a three count. It's just in, out, in, out, in, out, okay. in, out. And you're like. So it's pretty fast. It's pretty fast. So okay. it's going to go like. <sighs> like you were squeezing a bellow, mm-hmm. you know, okay. like a, yeah. you know, a, a fabric. Uh, horn, um, but you just quick in, out, in, okay. out, in, out, up, down, up, down, okay. up, down. And we're going to do that 15 times. Okay, let's do it. Is everybody ready? We're going to do this. <laughs> and I feel like that was like my musical theater teacher there. Okay, here we go. And go. One, two, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen. 15 and out. I may have done 16. That's all right. 
Woo! Makes you a little... Woo! Little it makes you a little dizzy? Mm-hmm. Yeah. A it's a dizzy. good It's a good energizing. Like, if you yeah. deal or battle with any focus issues or energy issues, high blood pressure, blood pressure stress, anxiety, depression, this is an energizer and a focus. And I've been doing this a lot when I sit down at the computer this week. Anyway. That's awesome. I think that sounds great. It's just you made me think of it when you were doing some breath work. Love it. Well, what else have you? So you, we talked a little bit earlier about, we just kind of hinted a little bit at what our days were like today. And I felt like it was kind of interesting because you said you had a very mindful morning. So I was just so curious what you did this morning. What I did is I got back to my Alexander Technique mindfulness oh, work. Awesome. I, I, this past week, I've been reminded that even though I can be, uh, that my mind can be in a present and mindful state, mm-hmm. if I'm not including my body in that mindfulness, uh-huh. there there may be some consequences. Uh-huh. And uh-huh. this week I had a high blood pressure spike that led me to you know go to urgent care and get it checked out. Mm-hmm. And I realized that while... I was focusing on meditation and thinking positively and thinking through things. I wasn't including my body. Mm -hmm. I wasn't releasing stress. I wasn't being mindful in how I approach things and what you think and the stimulus that, that is coming at us on a daily basis of our, the busy world that we live in, Mm -hmm. it can truly get trapped in our bodies. And I was carrying around an enormous amount of, um, muscle tension. Mm. And I was not releasing that. So I've been approaching my mindfulness through more intentional body awareness. Mm-hmm. The Alexander technique is, you know, mindfulness, it's psych- psychophysical body awareness. It's what we talked about a couple of weeks ago, thinking of the mind and the body as one unit. Mm-hmm. So it is mindfulness and intentional, integrated living mind and body. As I was working to monitor and tackle my stress level and how I was managing day-to-day busyness, mm-hmm. I started to increase my body awareness and integrate that awareness and mindfulness work in a full mind-body way. You being meditation queen here, (laughs) don't most meditations begin with scan your body, Mm -hmm. you know, focus in on your breathing. And I think we do that, but I think we pass through that Mm -hmm. as a check, as a checklist. Oh, interesting. And I, I... or maybe I will at least talk for myself. I That scan and that check-in and breath is often like a one-time thing. And then I don't carry that mindfulness mm-hmm. into my day-to-day. And in my training in the Alexander Technique, it is a in all that you do, in all the activities that you do, how you approach the keyboard at your computer, how you pick up the phone, mm-hmm. how you cook, how you write. It is mindfulness in all that you do and ensuring that the way that your body is receiving mm-hmm. stimulus in our world mm-hmm. is not translating into muscular tension. Mm. Because held, as we know, held stress mm-hmm 
inhibits our resiliency to be clear-headed and respond in a full mind-body way. Absolutely. I think you've put it very well that our emotions literally live within our bodies. And, And that happens because of, you know, again, as we've talked about a million times, the brain chemicals that are set off by specific emotions affect your entire body. And when you're living in a constant state of stress or anxiety or overwhelm, that does start to affect your physi- physiology. So I think that what you're saying is is right on the money. And I do think that they're, you're right. And I've learned this through you, through the this whole idea of really bringing the body more fully into. So rather than just thinking about things, literally scratching, patting, touching, you know, parts of your body really do help bring some of that uh, mindful work into the present moment. It really helps you bring you into the present moment physically, too. So yeah, as I was meditating today, I was sure to make sure that my body was showing up to the meditation work. Mm -hmm. And sometimes that involves just putting my hand on my heart. Mm Mm-hmm. And just reminding myself that I'm here, that you're here, you're one unit, your thoughts are connected to your body. I, I might kind of give myself a little bit of a hug and put my hands around my, the, uh, my upper arms. I do a lot of sort of, you know, just touching the thighs. I'm patting my thighs right now. But like, I'll just check in. Mm-hmm. I'll check in physically with my body throughout the day. Mm-hmm. And I realize if I don't do that, sometimes I leave my body behind mm. in all the work that I'm doing. My mind really gets away from me. Mm-hmm. Well, again, you know, what's happening is you're going into that, what we talked about last time, that 90% of our, you know, where we live sort of in our in our minds is that 90% kind of rote mindset and uh, what you're doing is you're making sure and physical physicality really does bring us again, I've learned this through you. Physicality really does help bring you so quickly into the present moment and help you kind of work in that more 10 percent, you know, and hopefully increase that 10 percent. Yeah. And I'm becoming more aware how and I, maybe everyone is. And I'd be curious to know where you land in your awareness of what what leads in your day to day? Does your mind lead mm-hmm. in you know your actions and your response to the world around you, or does your body? I th- I think my mind really gets away from me, um, and can really spiral and charge and go down narratives very quickly. And I'm not I'm not aware sometimes how my body is responding to mm-hmm. those thoughts. Mm-hmm. I'm not just thinking, oh, thinking those negative thoughts, not only does it influence your feelings, it's affecting your body and how it's living present healthy state. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. If you're thinking fear, if you're thinking um, anxiousness, if you're thinking lack of worth, of desire to please somebody else, if you're focusing outside um, that can create enormous tension around your vascular system, your heart, your muscles. As we get older, we start hearing a lot of our friends talking about neck pain, back pain, hip pain, blood pressure, cholesterol, 
all sorts of things. And I just wonder if we could start tuning into how does my body feel in this moment thinking these thoughts or reacting to our kids when they roll their eyes or they're not wanting your advice. Right now, that's my whole world is stepping into the, my child is leaving for college in the coming year and all the things that he's doing. And I I think that was the big realization this week is that my subconscious has been working through deep in the well, you uh-huh. call it. I've been ignoring my deep in the well stuff and my anxiety over my kiddo leaving and not having control over that Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. yeah you know I told you today I was also went deep in the well and figured out some things that were at the base of what was causing me to feel just overly stressed and that was very much that it's so interesting because I think that when you take the time to do you know bring it a lot of the things that you're talking about can help us Uh, bring us into that present moment and then give us the ability to feel safe Mm -hmm. so that we can go into the well and really dig out some of these things that are deep in there. And so today I was uh, just feeling like my day had just was getting away from me. I was having one thing after another added to my list of things that needed to be done. And I was realizing that I was feeling extremely stressed out because I was, it was triggering an old emotion that I have that I need to please everybody. And uh, you mentioned that a few minutes ago. I know it's because we talked about, before we started the podcast, we talked a little bit about our feelings and our needs to make sure that everybody, we have pleased everybody and that we're not letting anyone down. And so what that then translates into for me is that I have to do everything for everyone and I need to do it ASAP. And that just puts such undue pressure on me. And on. And I think that a lot of us fall victim to that. I think, you know, I was thinking today, when I was thinking about it, I was thinking about Sue Monk Kidd talking about the many-breasted woman. Mm. And the idea of the many-breasted woman, I don't think we've talked about this on here, is that as women, and I, and I don't want to, again, I think we, we often talk about women Definitely, I know my brother has some of this as well, but right now I'm just going to put it in the framework of as women. We have specific stresses that have been put on us historically, or I should say responsibilities that can lead to stress. Mm -hmm. And the idea of the many-breasted woman is that everybody, the the breasts are the ones that nurture other people. And there are just so many people who need us and need something from us that it feels like we're feeding, you know, we're, we're feeding or nourishing hordes of people, right? So you have this. And I was thinking today to myself, okay, so what I need to do is I just need to figure, I just need to take it one breast at a time. <laughs> <laughs> so what is this breast? Who's attached to this breast? And what do I need to do to it for this person? And uh, so I was like, how funny it is that if you, because we can get so overwhelmed by having that mindset too of just, oh, there's just so much that I need to do, but I just need to break it out and take it one day at a time. And then just remind myself, the key, of course, was reminding myself too, that I was creating the narrative that if I couldn't get here when you and I had originally said, 
that you somehow were going to feel extremely disappointed. I was going to throw your day off. You know what I mean? <laughs> we, but, Melinda and I yeah. do that to each other all the time. Yes. We're constantly like, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I'm so yes. sorry. I'm so sorry. I'm yes. going to be late or I'm not yeah. going to be able to do this or I'm not, I don't yes. have makeup on or I'm not dressed. Anyway. Right. right. Well, I think that's, again, you know, indicative of, of a lot of people and women specifically, I, I think is, again, we're, we don't want to offend, you know, I was, I was raised by parents who were incredibly loving and wonderful and people who would see us from the outside would all say, what a quote unquote perfect family. But you know, we all have our stuff. Yeah. I was raised in a small town mm -hmm. and we cared a lot about what everybody thought about us. And 100%. Was, I relate to that so very much. Okay. Isn't that interesting? What, what is someone going to think? What are people going to think? Yes. It's you have to do this because. Yes. I trust you, but I don't know what the neighbors would think if you were home alone with a boy, you know? Exactly. I, I mean, we're not doing anything. We're just watching TV, you know? But, uh, oh, but the neighbors might think. I don't, you know, my, my mother would say, I think I may have told you this, where I would be leaving the house and mom would say, where are you going? And I would say, I'm just going to go to the grocery store. And she'd say, well, you need to go upstairs and get your lipstick on to go to the grocery store. Yeah, it was a big thing. So, uh, because people, oh my gosh, what might people think? Um, anyway, so I was raised in this, and my, my brother and sister were also very affected by this whole idea of we have to always be aware of what other people might think, and we have to bend and twist ourselves so that we are pleasing other people, pleasing to other people and pleasing other people. Does that make sense? Yeah. So yes. And so that's what I was realizing today was being kicked in all of a sudden was... <gasps> I'm worried about Jill and what if I don't make it to this lunch? And then, um, you know, my partner and I had had a plan to go look through a storage room today and I don't have time to do that. So I'm letting him down. And So talk okay. to me. Tell, if, if you can, mm -hmm. can you ask yourself, how do you feel inside of your body when you even describe the pleasing outside forces? Mm -hmm. Like, can you talk a little bit about where you're feeling that in your body? I think mostly it's in my stomach. And I have a lot of stomach issues. Interesting, stomach Melinda. Issues because of it. Because, yeah, it was very easy for me to go from family to relationships where I was also always feeling like I'm just constantly letting people down all the time. And so I've ended up with, you know, as you know, lots of health stuff in my stomach. Luckily, it's, that is starting to resolve. But it, it definitely, I think that's where I've carried it. And it has... Oh my goodness, manifested. this is so interesting. Okay, well then I want to, you know, once a school teacher, always a school teacher, I'm going to give you a homework assignment. I say this to my clients all the time. <laughs> when, you, when you're walking through your day-to-day -day and you find yourself uh, entering a stressful situation, if you can take a moment and pause mm -hmm. and ask yourself, where am I feeling this stimulus or this experience or event or stressor mm -hmm. in my body? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I maybe journal right. about that because you saying that when I even talk about stressful events, I feel it entirely in my chest mm. around my heart. Mm -hmm. And I am full on dealing with high blood pressure issues. Yeah. Cholesterol. Like I stop breathing. I tense entirely in my chest. Mm. I don't know how to relax entirely in my sternum area. I just squeeze mm -hmm. 
mm-hmm. and tense up mm-hmm. as I think about these things, as I talk about it. And what was most fascinating to me this week is how quickly the high blood pressure spike that happened mm-hmm. happened with clearly subconscious thoughts. Mm-hmm. I wasn't even aware until I was driving home from the urgent clinic with my husband and we were talking out my stress that I started literally releasing tears about the feelings that I had about lack of control over this next chapter that my son and that my teenager is going into and that I feel like I don't know how to serve right now. Mm-hmm. Like I feel like I kept describing the scene of like he was in front of me and I kept reaching out to hug and I kept my hands kept going through like he was a ghost. Like I don't know how he's he's growing up mm-hmm. and he has to make his own mistakes. Yeah. And that is terrifying me. <laughs> yes. Well, and I think a lot of people feel that way and, and feel like this sort of idea of who am I now? That's what who we're talking about. Who am I now? Who am I once my child leaves home and I'm no longer a, a full-time parent? It's, you know, it's a it's a struggle for everybody. And, you know, with, along with the fact that you're just going to miss them, right? And it's, you know, that's also hard. And have I taught them everything they need to know to get out into the world and Sure. I mean, I think there's a lot of that. I've, you know, I've been through it twice now. So I'm. And I even that, that res. I, I know. I look to you. You're, you're always one step ahead and have a little no, bit more guidance I'm not on. I was one step ahead. It's just in the children department. I am, I am a little ahead. <laughs> um, but like this, who am I now? I feel like I'm, as I lean in to mind body integration and mindfulness mm-hmm. and releasing of old stress trauma and narratives mm-hmm. that I'm discovering that some of those narratives and stress have have been anchors in my world. They yes. have defined me. Yes, yes. And who am I now if I'm not battling that demon? Oh, yeah. That's such a who big... Who the frick am I yes. now? And then, then, then I start going... In that other pendulum swing of, oh, I guess I'm just woo-woo witch now. Oh, my gosh. I guess I'm just a walking monk. Oh, you're so funny. Um, okay. But I listened to this wonderful meditation. I know you introduced me to the Insight Timer, which is an app where you can do all sorts of, there's meditation tools and other people that lead meditations and tracks and courses and all sorts of things. And I did this meditation the other day that was talking about resi- like signaling she used the word signaling signaling another timeline like stepping up into another plane and I was like whoa whoa that's a cool thought mm-hmm. I don't know why that narrative really clicked with me interesting interesting like le- like walking away from that story for some reason mm-hmm. the chapter thing like is was too linear, linear mm-hmm. but the idea of signaling another plane mm-hmm. and stepping up mm-hmm. well you can't step up without leaving something behind mm-hmm. and, and i don't know maybe you can step forward right. and leave things behind but there was just something about the up yeah that i was like well i got to leave the shoes behind or whatever like i can't bring can't carry that up to this next plane well, the idea of moving, right, changing our vibrational yes. levels is very much that idea of moving up into a, a into a different plane. Paul Selig has an incredible visualization that I absolutely love. And he talks about 
going up into the upper room. And when you are up in the upper room, you're seeing things from a more of a bird's eye view. Mm -hmm. And what happens with that is you start to see things things that you thought were so big mm-hmm. are really not that big. You, and you can see how they sort of fit into the fabric of your life. And they're not, the things that we really have held on to as being so important are really not that important. And we can see also how everybody from that level looks the same and is mm. more the same. But he also mentions, you know, how quickly many of us want to take the elevator back down to the basement to go pick up some of our old stuff, you know, because we're so attached to our old stuff, right? So we want to get back down (laughs) to the basement and, you know, grab it all, which is, I think, very true for most of us because we do. Because like you were saying, you were saying before, and I think it's so true that we are so identified with a lot of these struggles and things that mm-hmm. really are we have as you said feel like feel like they've defined us mm-hmm. that it is terrifying to let go of things even though they're not serving us and i that's why when i do the meditation when we talk about getting into the well mm-hmm. i do uh, a lot of talking about being safe and i mentioned that earlier with feeling the importance of feeling safe because you have to feel like everything's going to be okay and that you're safe and you can let go of things that feel so much like a part of you. And when you let go of those things, you're opening up space now for that to be filled with new ideas, new creations, new things that are going to help you in moving forward and having a healthier and happier and more joyful future because you have space now to fill with new and exciting thoughts. And you can't get into figuring out what you want to do once your, for instance, child leaves home Mm -hmm. and who you're going to be once your child leaves home until you open up some space. You have to let go and open up some space. So what I've been curious about is how Mm deep-rooted some of these life traumas, the 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 narratives are mm-hmm. even though like I've done the cranial sacral work Alexander like you name it I have done all the techniques to purge and release trauma and grief from my world and I'll you know get to a point where I'm like all right the summer uh, cranial sacral work that I did I remember in that moment when she had hands on my head in, in one area where I literally in my body heard the resounding script of let that be the last time you grieve that. Mm. And boy, did I believe it. Mm-hmm. Boy, did I believe it. And then a new stressor enters my world and off I go. That comes right back, surfaces to the top and interrupts how I deal with the situation and that's what I'm fascinated with is how ingrained that core, we've talked about mm-hmm. core memories are, mm-hmm. how core memories are like stamped yes. into our muscle memory. And mm-hmm. and the reason why I'm coming back to movement and body work more mm-hmm. is because 
they, they feel like hauntings. I describe them as hauntings right now. I'm going to have a life event and, oh, that old ghost is going to come back. That old ghost that I'm going to be abandoned and I'm going to lose people. This person is going to go and die and I'm going to be alone. That rises to the surface whenever I think that I've put it away or I've said goodbye to it. A new event will come and it comes back. Mm-hmm. So I just have to become more aware of what the trigger events are mm-hmm. and that it, that ghost might come back. Right. And, oh, I see, this is what my body does when I'm in this situation. Well, and I think also what you do, because what happened to me today was, luckily, I recognized it pretty quickly and you change your story. You start to say, okay, I'm, I'm seeing this story and I know this story is not true. And that's, again, that sort of technique where you ask yourself, is this really true? Mm. That's you know, such, you know, is it that's true? so you simple. You, you ask you, yourself three times because every time you're, first time, uh, you know, you're going to say, yes, it is. And the second time you have to go a little deeper and, and then you'll say, well, is it? And then by the third time, you usually have been able to release that story from your belief that it has any truth to it. Once you can release the the belief that it's quote unquote true, then you can change your story and you can change it and say, well, okay, if that's not true, then what is true? What is true is that Jill loves me. My partner loves me. Everybody has grace. I don't have to kill myself to, to try to get everywhere. So I can take some, of uh, you know, I can cover up some of those breasts and not have to worry about, <laughs> about that so much. Yeah, this side is shaded. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, so I think, you know, changing your story also is really important in that, in that uh, process. I, I love the analogy and the image of the many-breasted woman. And I know that we talk about gender that these are, you know, we use the gender of many-breasted woman because, you know, obviously mm-hmm. women have the breasts. But, you know, like I I have a, a partner. My husband is really great, and he's more of the home nurturer. He's mm-hmm. the grocery shopper, and the he's the one that thinks, oh, our son should probably have supper at this time. So right. sometimes he can fall into that I have to make sure that I'm pleasing and serving all the people. I never perceive him as getting lost in that, but I do see some level of overwhelm of juggling. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. That's what I was saying is, you know, I feel like for sure my brother is that way. He feels very much, he feels different, a different kind of responsibility, but to be, he feels very responsible to a lot of different people, mm. uh, to work, to, yep. you know, his family, to make sure his boys are okay. He's somebody who cares a whole lot about mm. pleasing everybody else. And, uh, and it's, so it is, it's definitely something that I think is, has gender neutral, Yeah, a gender a, neutral. It is. It's an issue for this gender neutral. I agree. So it's just something that we all need to, you know, look at, recognize, examine, and then change our stories about. And, and, you know, again, I think some of the techniques that we've talked about are really important. And, and one of the things when you and I were talking, you know, you were saying that when you were going through your health issues and you're feeling like you're having these panic attacks and you said, you know, the just the simple breathing didn't work. And, and of course, for you, the body work is is helpful for sure. But we also I asked you, would, would it be helpful if there was some kind of a symbolic activity or something that you do that feels like you're really 
pouring in that narrative and then letting it go. And there are, of course, so many different things that we can do. And one of the things that we did today is we saged. So I brought over some sage. What you say is not important. The Mm -hmm. way you do things specifically, if you wave it a certain way, in my belief system, I don't think it really matters. I think that we can get too caught up in doing things exactly right. But you light the sage and you um, basically are just inviting the old energy which is which is what the old narratives are. They they are part of this energy. So inviting the old energy to leave your body, and then inviting in new positive energy. So we take a little time to do that, and I think saging is something that is kind of a really cool symbolic thing that you can do, whether you truly believe in energy, spirits, whatever it is. It's something that still is a symbolic thing that we can do. And it feels like you can be releasing that energy into that smoke that's going up into the Yeah. Sky. And, you know, it was something different for me to mm-hmm. explore. And, you know, we're more aware nowadays of exercise, how, how uh, valuable it can be to change up your exercise routine. Yes. Well, sometimes it can be helpful to change up your mindfulness practices or your, your daily peacefulness work that you approach. So that was new and different for me. I, you know, at first I was like, whoa, what's coming at me here? <laughs> oh, this smells like we're, we're smoking pot back here. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It still kind of smells In the recording room. That's right, exactly. Um, but it was a beautiful sharing moment. My friend was gifting me some time to lift up my energy and become more aware of my energy. Mm -hmm. So that was, that was neat. And then I got to, you know, try and release energy sage Melinda. And I didn't know what to say. I didn't have all the scripts that she had, but I just tuned in and, yeah, and learned and it was improv Right. And then we did some, some body work. You'd put your yeah, hands on me. Yeah, did a little bit and... of Alexander. Alexander work is, when I approach it, it's it's not sort of getting a set posture, but just sort of like tuning in, becoming that mind-body awake, integrated awareness, mm-hmm. like awakening that. Mm-hmm. Another yep. thing that I will add to this conversation is the reminder that I have a tendency I call myself a recovering perfectionist. Mm-hmm. I often approach some of this work with a expe- with an expectation of an immediate result. Mm-hmm. And I had to remind myself this week, this work may not give you, it, it might not be a switch. And that is a, maybe a tendency and a habit that is not serving us mm-hmm. in our world and our society right now is our expectation of an immediate result. Take yes. a pill, immediate resp- result. If I meditate one time, my blood pressure right. will go down, you know, 20 points. Right. Um, right. And I got really frustrated when my, yes. I was like, I have the, you know, people at the doctor's office and my primary care physician's like, well, I can teach you some breathing. And I was like, I know breathing as I was like <laughs> tensing up. But I was like, yes. I know what to do, uh-huh. but it wasn't yielding an immediate response. And therefore, in my mind, it was a failure. And right. I had to say, I had to remind myself a lot this week. It's not always going to lead to a direct switch response. That's so, so slow true. things down. Mm-hmm. Don't expect perfection. No. And again, you know, emotions, as we've talked about, are so layered and so deeply rooted mm. that it takes, it doesn't take a, it's not never a one and done. It takes lots of time to work through those emotions and a lot of 
releasing, letting go, doing some releasing activities also will help, but will, but won't be a be all end all the first time you have to, in the Sedona method, which is a wonderful technique. If you look on YouTube, there's a guy named Hal, Hal Dwoskin, who's is heads up the Sedona Institute and the Sedona method is, he will lead you through the Sedona method. And one of my favorite things that he says is when you're trying to let go of something, he says, as best you can, just for now. Because again, we're so, you know, we're also so attached to our mm-hmm. emotions that we are, we are afraid to let them go completely. But also because of the layers, we, we can't always let go. It's too, it's too hard to let go of these big things that we carry all at one time. So we have to do it bit by bit. What, what kind of power does our brain have that it holds on to this stuff so fervently? Mm-hmm. What, what is that, Melinda? So one of the things I think of that's, I don't know if this is going to answer your question, but, but when you talk about the brain, between the ages of two and seven is when our brains are grow 90%. Uh, by the time we're seven, our, our brains are 90% developed. And whatever happens to us in those five years really determines a lot of the way our brain forms and acts. So how big is your amygdala? So if you're experiencing a lot of stress, your amygdala is going to physically be larger than, uh, than someone who does not experience stress on a daily basis. If you are someone who has been introduced to the arts, your frontal lobe is going to be developed more fully and your left brain and right brain are going to become a lot more connected than people who are not introduced into the arts at an early age. So there are a lot of things. Oh, that is so interesting. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. It's pretty cool. Having raised, you know, we're an arts family, yes. raised an arts kid. I am aiming this week and moving forward to bring a different awareness to the mind-body integration and we talked, we talked about this at length last week. Mm-hmm. Are we always practicing what we preach? Right. Not always. No, right. Um, right. And, and I get real frustrated when I don't do that. I think well, if, I, if you know better, you should do better. Mm-hmm. And I can really beat myself up when I am not performing and executing in life at the level that I've been trained to do right. or given the opportunities. And I, I know some of that is that I feel so blessed to have had these great opportunities to learn wonderful things. But if I'm not using them and I allowed X, Y, Z to happen, shame on me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. As you know, I mentioned this last week, I was really struggling with some of that last week of being so frustrated. And then that just becomes a vicious cycle, right? We become mm-hmm. frustrated because we're stressed and we don't think we should be stressed. That makes us more stressed and we're still frustrated with ourselves. It becomes a whole circle, you know. And to break that cycle, we have to we have to forgive ourselves and give ourselves a little grace and recognize that we are having a human experience. And having human experience means that we might sometimes forget these things that we teach other people. So, yeah. and that's okay. We are probably quicker to remind ourselves than the average Joe. We are quick to remind ourselves and then to help ourselves get back to just to calm, if you will, get back to peace. Well, I think the human experience that I'm realizing these days is that I'm not sure that social media is serving me. Mm. I'm not sure that all of the socializing that I'm doing is serving me. Mm-hmm. Primarily, it's the social media stuff. 
the constant plugged into my phone Mm. and not being out in nature and not having a slower, intentional socializing. Mm. I think slower is uh, key and being outside in nature is key. And I do think beyond social media, it's the idea that, you know, we have everything on our phones. We have our texts and our emails and that we're expected to be on those all the time and be able to be reached within, if not instantly, you are expected to get back with somebody within minutes, right? And if you don't, people get very frustrated. And so the expectations that we've put on ourselves and on other people is not tenable. Yeah, it's unattainable. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's, I'm becoming more aware of it. I mean, I have been for years. I've been doing real estate for 18 years and I got into the industry before there was texting. So it's gotten to a point where some of my clients, they only want to communicate via text. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's hard to provide high-level fiduciary counsel right. through text. Right. But, you know, I call myself a real estate doula because relocating, saying goodbye to a home, saying hello to a new home is an incredibly emotional situation. I put a lot of pressure on myself to respond to people quickly. And it's just not tenable. Yeah, no, it's not. So that's when we have to get back to all the things that we know. So get back to being outside, get back to putting our phone down and knowing that the world is going to keep spinning if we put our phone down for a little bit. It's going to be okay. So maybe spend some time outside, spend some time wrapped up in a blanket if you need to but just spending some time really nurturing ourselves is key we have to do that on a daily basis well it was nice to have you back nice to visit with you thank you for the saging today yes and i am setting an intention to bring more body awareness into my mindfulness yes i will also work Mm -hmm. very good well thank Thank you, you soul nourishing collective listeners and friends we've been hearing and getting messages from many of you and we're enjoying the conversations and the sharing that you're doing so onward we go my friends onward we go 